This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, everyone? Asher Tolliver back with another episode of the Dive Bomb Squadcast. This is our first visit of 2021, so I want to wish you all a happy new year. Most of you know our guest today as a YouTube sensation with well over 200,000 subscribers. But what many of you don't know is he's also the owner of a brand new waterfowl outfit in central Kansas called Sandhill Flyway. That man is Mr. Bobby Guy, and he is on the phone with me right now. Bobby, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Asher? It's going good, man. I can't complain. Off to a strong start in this new year, so we're excited about what 2021 has in store. So I called... uh, I didn't call him, I actually text Bobby, and I said, hey man, uh, can you hop on a podcast with me? And he said, sure, I'm I'm out scouting all morning, um, so you guys might be able to hear a little bit of background noise, maybe hear some tires, but Bob's out doing his job. How's the scout loop going today, man? You finding some juicy stuff for the guys or what? Yeah, uh, it's actually going a lot better than it has for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to get in a warm trend here with a lot of sun and wind. Uh, south wind and it's going to be warm it seems like uh those warm sunny days with good wind boy that's that's when we really kick their butt and um they just get on the regular you know two two feet schedule a day probably three field blocks down for the next three days we got a group of eight new this is uh this is the last day for a group of eight from south dakota they leave after their hunt this morning and then a new group of eight uh take it Two, 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 or two, two, three, something. So it's a really mixed group uh, with the YouTube channel. I, I get a lot of groups that are really mixed like that, like father, son, father, son, group of four, you know, to make eight. Uh, but the weather, the scout, man, it's, it's really getting better once January is hit. Uh, the migration has been really, I don't want to say slow in a bad way, but natural uh, in, a, in a good way. So January, we're kind of, now we're getting into some early December trends that these birds just haven't done yet. Right. So I'm really, excited. I'm really excited for the next couple of weeks of lesser hunting, but in particular, uh, ducks spec closed yesterday here. Uh, ducks will, ducks will reopen, what, the 18th? Yeah, the 18th. And, um, yeah, it's going awesome, man. Happy clients, awesome experiences. I think we killed uh, four bands, uh, gave them all away, you know, and, and it's, it's been awesome. Were those all lesser bands? Uh, three lesser bands and one honker yesterday. Sweet. Were those yeah. lesser bands, were they pretty old? Uh, yeah. So, so there was one that was four to five years old, and then the other two, uh, one was 14, and the other one was 10 or something. I think, I think that's how it went. Gotcha. And then the honker was like extra, extra old. It was banded as an adult in 2012. Dang, and, uh, that's cool. Just, you could tell he was old as hell. Yeah. Did you get the intel where he was from? Was he local or? He was from my hometown, banded a ton of years ago. Is that right? So for those of you that don't know, the Dive Bomb crew came out for a visit last week. And they could not say enough good things about the operation from the lodge, food, hunt, your organization. They said everything was absolutely dialed. I hate I missed that one. We 
we scheduled a long stretch in the central flyway. So I opted to be away from home for new year's to have a few extra days after Christmas to uh, spend some time with my family. But from the sounds of it, being a first year operation, you guys are running like a well-oiled machine. I know, uh, Gerald, he's your right hand man and you guys make a great team. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I mean, it's, it's honestly, I, when Cody would say those things to me, say, gentlemen, do that, you don't understand how much it means coming from you. And, and, and um, to be, you know, not long winded about it, it had to be this way or no way at all. You know, it's, right. we're all, we're all over 30, well over 30 years old, except old Pete Diddy here. And, and um, it, we've all known each other, you know, we've all known each other. Me, Preston, Gerald, know each other for quite a while now. I've known Gerald for, a long time. I've known Preston for a long time, and then Gerald. Um, Drew came on because of Gerald, and Drew and Gerald have guided together for over five years together. So okay. that came into play and fell into place really, really, you know, easy. Um, and uh, it's also one of the things that you know Gerald's part owner of Samsung as well. I gave him uh, a split, and uh, it's in his best interest you know to bring on guys that are going to that i don't know that i have to trust him now knowing you know joe and drew um they're, we're awesome i I'll, I'll always trust gerald with with just about anything and everything so it's one of them things if um you walk outside someone plans to tailgate down and they got a truck bed full of groceries or decoys or bricks i don't give a shit what it is you go over there and you help. You don't have to ask. Yeah, that's what we all do, and that's how it how it always runs. That's awesome, man. Now, Bob, for this podcast, I really want to talk about Sandhill Flyway thus far and your experience running a business with so many moving parts. So, let's get into that. the The biggest question I have is, how do you find time? to still do the unique YouTube videos you're consistently putting out. Are you doing all your vlogging on these hunts while you have clients in town or are you having to break away on your own to go get some of this stuff? Um, so if the first day clients came in was the, was the first day that every video that's been produced since then has been every hunt. I should say has been a client hunt every single one of them. Okay. That be, that being said, I've I, I don't think I've there's probably what seventy percent of the hunts I don't film. I'm guiding. I'm running the hunt. Right. Me and Gerald, me and Drew, me Preston, Drew, like, whoever it is. I have been on. I think I've missed. I, the amount of hunts I have not been on, I can count on one hand. Uh-huh. Uh, but 70% of them, I haven't filmed. I didn't film. For one, I wanted to do my job and provide, make sure everything was safe. And for two, uh, it's YouTube. And I can't chase the platform like I need to um, all the time on uh, these lesser hunts that are always going to be the same outcome. Sure, same sure. So with with being a YouTuber, you know, not just a waterfowl hunter on YouTube, but a YouTuber, you got to chase the YouTube platform. Right. That means that I can't just um, really wash out and, and just go to one second thing, you know, like hunting becomes 
stagnant really fast on my channel. Duck hunting, it doesn't matter if there's a duck in the thumbnail. You know, a lot a lot of people are going to click that. So, sure. Uh, we've been we've been extremely slim on ducks this year, and when I say extremely, I mean uh, there's only been like two field hunts where we have even had a duck on the ground in the pile. Uh, so just no ducks, uh, honestly, no ducks, and, and it's, that that trend's been it's been going that way more and more every year for probably the last five years. But uh, but chasing the platform guiding, juggling those two, getting the fields, working with the guys, that's easy. I mean, that's just buddies literally living together on the same property every day, becoming family and just that doing what we all love, honestly. Like, that's not hard to do that. It shouldn't be hard to for five guys to do what they love together. And if it's hard, something's wrong. Like, something's wrong, someone's out of place someone needs to be put back into place if you tried that and it doesn't work well then change needs to happen you know so um it needs to run that way so i wouldn't have it any other way if i start getting too bent out of shape i walk away and go take my time and come back right now i'm i'm not saying this to say obviously that people aren't coming there to shoot a lot of waterfowl but i know the main reason why clients want to book with Sandhill Flyway is to meet and get the opportunity to hunt with Bobby Guy. I know they're coming to have a great hunt, but they want to hunt with Bobby. They want to meet Bobby. They want to hang out with Bobby. How do you structure that? Are are clients guaranteed to at least get to yeah, hunt with so, you? How does that work? Do you do you go do you hang out with them? Do you eat dinner with them? Can you just talk oh, me yeah. through a, a little? Uh, talk me through a yeah, little three days so far at Sandhill. Right. So when you book your hunt, uh, so back when I booked my hunt, I have you know a handful of guarantees. One is that you're gonna your middle night meal will be provided. Now the turnout is that we provide every damn meal every night just because it's so easy and we're all hungry as hell anyway. Mm -hmm. Two. Uh, the main question is, Bobby, are you going to be on the hunt? And I tell them when they book, I promise I'll be out on at minimum, if not all, or at minimum two, if not all three of your hunts. Uh -huh. That's the second gear and damn tea. And uh, the third is, you know, you'll hunt every single day. If it's raining and pouring, um, obviously it's up to the clients uh, if they want to hunt, but we're hunting, you know. Um, so, and then on top of that, they've watched all summer, and I don't even have to tell them, but the lodge is in my backyard. Right. And, and my wife, she quit, long story short, quit her job, uh, her career, uh, to help me run this service and take over the books and make sure the place is clean, you know, when clients are rolling out to the next group coming in. And uh, she does. And amazing job and I, and, and I really want to insinuate how much my wife and my dad uh, help with just cleaning you know and just just the cleaning part the laundry the dishes it's, it's insane uh, we don't have like January there's no breaks um, it's back to back to back uh, you hunt in the morning that they, they leave in the afternoon a uh, new group comes in for three days and so uh, that's 
you know, what we have an 18 day streak without a day off in December and then like a 15 day streak without a day off in November. So January is really packed. I mean, December was really packed, but 23 days straight. 20 January will be. Yeah, not every day. So it's, um, yeah, so people, there's these guarantees. We're all, my, my family, we cook for my family every night. They're in there. My kids are in there. Uh, my wife's in there. We eat in there. Um, to be quite honest with you, 97% of the clients have been amazing. Absolutely amazing. They are completely shell-shocked uh, when they get to just walk through the door, when they get to pet Fred, when they shake my hand, when mm-hmm. when they just get to walk through the place that they've been watching me build it all summer. You sure. Know? Um, so it's a huge selling point, you know, it, with the videos. I I, uh, I I gain people's trust, and um, you know our, I don't want to say we're expensive. I don't want to say we're cheap, but um, I think what we charge, which is fifteen hundred dollars, right this year is fifteen hundred dollars for three days of hunting with those guarantees. Um, I there was no way I was going to do it any less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know, this is going to take up so much of my damn time, like. I am not doing this for free. I can't. So this first year, um, you know, over 50% of the profits went into building the lodge, sure. to be quite honest with you. So next year, you know, we're going to do some little things to the lodge and, and, and make some things better and bigger. Uh, we're going to go to two groups next year, uh, mm-hmm. running two groups of six for three months. Okay. Um, so we'll have we'll house twelve people in the lodge. I'm redoing some rooms, adding some rooms, adding another bathroom, putting in a bigger septic tank, doing a bunch of stuff uh, to to be able to manage two groups off the same property. So absolutely awesome. Yeah, the guys, um, you know, just going back to your help um, that you've got around there, the guys couldn't say enough uh, good things about Beth. They're like, man, she's a She's a trooper. Um, she gets after it and just absolutely as kind and sweet as she can be. So uh, you're a lucky yeah, guy, man. I'm extremely lucky. I'd be an idiot if I messed this deal up, right? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I've got a great story to resonate with uh, how big Bobby has gotten in the waterfowl community. We were hunting early honkers in North Dakota back in August. And one afternoon, I went scouting with Bob. And during the three to four hours we were on the road, we passed maybe three other vehicles out scouting. And I kid you not, every single one of them recognized Bob. One of the vehicles we passed were a couple guys in a little car, and they legit spun around, ripped it at probably 100 miles an hour to run us down, got in the left lane, rolled down the windows, and were yelling for us to pull over. And being the kind guy Bob is, we pulled off on the side of the road for a little meet and greet, some pictures. I mean, you would have thought these guys had ran into Donald Trump. Seriously, the yeah. the joy on their face was absolutely priceless. And, you know, I imagine this is the kind of reaction you get often whenever a new group uh, comes into town, just, just, just yeah. starstruck by old Bob and those locks, man. It's, it's weird, you know, it, 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 it's awesome. I don't want, I'll never downgrade at all, but it, as a human being with getting that attention, it, it is, it's weird. It's, it's, um, sometimes you're not ready for it, you know, sometimes it come out of nowhere in Walmart, you know, and, and 
we're all human out here. You get bombarded, and you're like, oh, shit, you know. Not good, not a good time, but at, at the end of it all, like, you have to remain nice. Like, I preach, like, just be humble. Like, sure. I'll, I'll never, I'll never stop being humble. I'll never stop being nice to people, shut my mouth, walking away from, you know, confrontation, no matter how, lo- how much I love to scrap, dude, you know. Old Bob will throw some hands, goddammit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but just, just being nice and, and that, that matters. It, it just, it goes so far in life in general, you know, and it, and I feel like, uh, waterfowl hunting with this whole, oh, you know, it, social media, let's be savages, uh, all the time. Uh, that's really going to wash our, our traditions away. And, and I'm not trying to sound old because believe me, I don't like a lot of traditions that suck, but the tradition of, of having respect for one another, for a farmer, for the farmer's land, for, for the farmer's cattle, for any, anything like that. Like, I, I just feel like the whole, oh, I'm savage as hell. It just, it, it has already started washing, washing away what needs to be very, very concrete in what we do. Absolutely. But that's another story, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. I want to just get right down to it, straightforward. What is the best part about running a waterfowl outfitter? Man. Aside from aside from basically what we just talked about is yeah. your your clients uh that know Bobby Guy films and coming in. What other than that, for you personally, other than um getting to meet these clients that are so excited to meet you. Cause I know, you know, that's, that's going to be at the top. That's a given. That's just a really cool mm-hmm. feeling. But other than that, what is the best part about running a waterfowl outfitter? Um, I think three things really. The first one will be very blatantly obvious or honest. And I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to act like I got a swinger by no means, but we as men, there's some of us out here, no matter what industry you're in or what sport or whatever, but, I'm competitive and I, and I take shit personal when I invest myself and my livelihood and my family and my time and my, my everything, I'm going to get personal about shit. I'm going to make sure that, um, everything, um, I do caters to what I'm trying to build. That's my addiction is building, uh, honestly building business. I've got so addicted, uh, to the success of it that it's so thrilling. It's, uh, it's very, very, very rewarding. Um, just like the podcast that we fired up, so rewarding. It's it is going 110 percent better than we thought, and just doing that is so rewarding. I think that's the number one thing. And being competitive with waterfowl outfitting, um, obviously there's going to be competition, and when you crush somebody, a lot of times, man, you're you're so competitive, and then you get one up on them, you're like, hey, we got it, you know, and, and you chalk it up. I'm sorry that that might sound douchey and stuff, but at the end of the day, any outfitter out here is grinding their ass off to make a living. You know, that's Absolutely. what it is. And, and if you're not competitive about something you supposedly should be serious about, like, I don't know if you're going to win, you know. So uh, being competitive has always been in my nature. And um, But trying to be nice all the time and then making sure that you don't just step on toes or be rude for no reason. I don't like that, you know. Being competitive in a nice competitive nature i guess i should you know yeah. put it that way but if it gets nasty hey we can argue too <laughs> you know i can do that so uh, i think that's one thing and then um the clients 
providing memories in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like, not, like you said, not just at the lodge or the first handshake, but, uh, for example, my favorite moment of the, of the season so far is a little redheaded girl named Charlie. What was she? 15, mm-hmm. 15 years old. Her and her daddy came, uh, from where Kentucky. Yep. And, uh, awesome dude. When she, they have a little YouTube channel too, and um, she is a waterfowl hunter. I mean, through you know that you know Gavin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, identical to Gavin, but a girl. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Dude can shoot. Uh, when when I met her, she was just oh my god, trembling, you know. And I was like, oh honey, like calm down. We're gonna have fun. Da da da. Here's Fred. And then their last hunt. Uh, we shot that five-year-old Lester band, and she won it. There was two two kids, both the same age, pretty much, and we pulled both of them out for a fifty-fifty chance, and uh, she ended up winning it. And her reaction oh, I, on video because I filmed it all, dude. You watching it'll just make you, uh, you know, that's good stuff, man. Especially if you have kids, I think yeah. that's a big part too. Like, uh, I would, I'd probably take a lot of this stuff for granted if I didn't have a three and a six year old sure. and I wasn't married. So a lot of it hits home now and it's, uh, and Beth gets to be there. My wife gets to be there and see these memories and, and at the dinner table. And they, you know, she gets asked a million questions as well and she loves it. So, um, that's, I think that's what really helps our marriage through all this. Um, uh, uh, marriage is going to really suffer if, if, when you're guiding, but, it being in my backyard and, and everything, this was kind of the only way I could do it. So, yeah. Um, the memories, man, that providing, uh, all of my clients, like literally, what is it? 90%, every bit of 90%. I have a map on the wall and they put a pin where they're from and it is all East side. Everything from me East, mm-hmm. Kentucky, North Carolina, um, everything over there just every damn state possible, Georgia. Um, and they don't get to experience this, you know, they don't, they don't get to experience a thousand birds over their heads or anything like that ever. So you get a good reaction out of them. It's really good. And, and they like, and they love being on the videos. You know, they, 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 they don't go crazy like, Oh, film me. But when you whip that camera at them, boy, they might tell they're feeling it. Yeah. They're feeling it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially after you do, you crush a volley and I get up. Yeah good shooting and i go down the line fist bump and like they got their guns <clears throat> they're in the middle of loading them and i'm coming by with the camera to fist bump and they look up and just nail my hand as hard as they can like yeah <laughs> like that that is uh that's awesome and yeah dude. i think just providing hunt um a high caliber hunt uh repetitively you can get a lot of good human reaction out of that definitely you can put it in the bank and and remember it forever heck yeah you know going back to one of the points you said about you know one of your favorite things about running a waterfowl outfitter is being competitive and uh you know everybody's out there grinding but we'll be damned if somebody's going to grind harder than us and i'm the exact same way with dive bomb like i do not want anybody doing anything better than us. I don't want anybody to have better products. I don't want better customer service. I don't want their people to be more knowledgeable. And that is why we were always trying to push the envelope to get better and better and better. So, you know, I've said it on here before, if you're not doing the best you can to put yourself ahead of the competition, then what the heck are you even doing it for? I don't know. Maybe that's just my background. Um, 
you know, well, that's, that's just my, my mentality, but I just, I'm not going to let anybody outdo me. So uh, there's no shame or feeling sorry in that because I, I totally get it. Now, you touched briefly, you said something about a podcast, and I've heard about it a little bit here and there. Uh, this is this is brand new. Can you talk to me a little bit about this, what it's uh, the main objective uh, for this podcast yeah. is? Uh, just tell me a little yeah. about it. Um, so first off, um, you know, I know I was going to promote it on the YouTube channel and I have for a long, long time now, uh, as you can imagine, my main viewership is like 25 to 34 and then 34 to 42. And then it goes back down to 18 to 24. And so that being said, with all these explicit quote, um, podcasts out here, a lot of guys are like, man, we want to, we want to meet the real Bobby because. You know, behind the YouTube channel, there is a whole different vibe. They <laughs> do not fit to see. Like, as you know, me and you are, we're identical, man. Any of us that do this and love it, we are one and the same. Oh, yeah. And, and, that's, and that, we are. And it doesn't matter if you're better than me or you're, you've experienced this and I haven't. At the end of the day, we're humans and we're, we're freaking identical. So I wanted to, uh, with, with Preston here, he has helped me with a ton of filming. His big camera film is insane. Uh, and then he's been editing every single video for me so I can be a dad when I when I have the little amount of time to. And so I can run my business. And seriously, Preston has given me so much freedom this year that I did not think I was going to have. So a uh, big shout out to, to P. Diddy. Hey, Preston. Diddy. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? Looking forward to meeting you sometime soon. Heard a lot of good things. I like that that slow mo honker crunch the other day. That was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, that was a fun hunt. Actually, I don't know if they they look like honkers. Maybe they were lessers. I don't know, but it was awesome. It was a cool. Well, clip. it was so slow. It was so slow. It looked like honkers. That was sweet, dude. Yeah. That was sweet. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to meeting you soon, man. Yeah. But um. But yeah, what what were we talking? About? Talking about your podcast. Yeah. Oh, so the podcast. So I wanted to create something where I could be a little more explicit, uh, somewhere where I could, you know, me and the boys um, could crack a beer and, and go for an hour. And and I wanted it to be a video, too. So I didn't want to just do um, a podcast without video. I wanted anything I put out there to be in video form because I've been doing YouTube long enough. Um, I just knew that I could. it would translate way better if that was provided every time. Uh, just like Joe Rogan, people love watching people talk. You get way more of an emotional touch and, and all this stuff. So I had to. I didn't want to do iTunes or anything like that because I didn't want you know eighteen and under all my viewers going over there and watching it. I don't. Right, I don't want right. that. I don't. I don't want me going f bomb that or this and their parents going okay. Well, we're not going to buy that Doug sweatshirt now. Sure. Uh, so so long story short, I picked. Patreon. I never thought I'd use that platform, but it's turned out to be decent. You know, it's five bucks a month, and you know, at the McDonald's meal every three days or a coffee. If if that's too much, I tell people, hey, that's fine. You there's people that want to be here that don't, and that's fine. You know, and, and um, I've, I've had a lot of people. I can go listen to this or that for free. I know, I know, and that's fine. Right. You're you not know, the guy so, for this. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm. My deal was I wanted to have a place where I could be be myself and try to find a way around the kids getting 
it for free. So you have to have a PayPal, you have to have a credit card, a debit card. Uh, a lot of parents aren't going to let their children use their debit card to subscribe to a podcast, hopefully. Right. Um, so that being said, that's, that's kind of the reason I went that okay. route. Okay. Okay. That sounds fun. I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to listening. It sounds like it's, uh, but the, the goal of on top of that, not that being explicit, not just because there's cuss words for God's sakes, but a lot of sticky subjects that I've wanted to do videos on before. Like, for example, like, uh, why I don't collaborate with other YouTube channels, like in the duck hunting community. There's a lot of other ones um, that's been around for a while, or maybe they're new and just started slapping, you know, like uh, I have a few that I do and then a lot that I just won't. And I, oh, on that platform, I can talk about those things and, uh-huh. and give, give my honest two cents of why and make sense of it to people that's always wondered why me and, Josh from Yada Yada YouTube channel. Uh, had, why, why haven't you guys ever hunted together? That'd be awesome. We want to see it. We want to see it. We want to see it. You know, so all kinds of stuff like that. And then on top of it, you know, the, the, the boys here at the service, and especially Preston and Gerald, have been in damn near, you know, 75% of every video for the last year. Uh, and so... They want to hear us. They want to. They want to hear how comfortable we are with each other. How we give each other poop. How we uh, build each other up. How much we do respect each other, and why this thing works too. So it just gives a little insight. How often are you going to be releasing them? Uh, at minimum, one a week, if not two a week. Okay. Well, we talked about you know the good things, the pretty things about running the outfitter, the memories, the great mm-hmm. hunts. You. Uh, What's the worst part about running in a waterfowl outfitter? I heard earlier you said 97% of the clients were uh, were absolutely unbelievable. So I've got to say that 3% is probably going to be the worst part about running a waterfowl outfitter without giving away any names. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, um, that was kind of one of, that was one of my worries because when I booked a lot of these clients, even the great ones, um, a lot of them, this was their first guided experience so everything from maybe you know proper uh, just being proper mm-hmm. then being proper gun safety um just being hounds you know the, the one thing that honestly and this might sound selfish and but I, I don't i don't think people a lot of people may not truly understand if you weren't in my shoes or if you weren't pressed in uh, with me every second of every day and understand what I'm ta- going to talk about here is the one thing I hate the most is when clients come and they're the type that like now I'm Mickey Mouse and they're at Disney World and 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 what I mean is like there's a very there's a I don't want to say a fine line there's a bold line between being a fan and and being friendly and having a good conversation all the time I mean just being respectful and there's and then there's the ones that just fan out and they have no barrier they have no speed bumps they have no self-recollection of what the hell they're how abrupt they're being how abrasive how you know hey you can i can obviously see the expression on bobby's face and he didn't answer my question he walked away from me i might be annoying him like that those clients uh that that right there there's just there's a certain point where it's like 
man, you got to have some common sense. Right. Uh, I'm human, man. I'm, so, I'm pretty stressed out, but happy. I've uh, got a lot going. Uh, trying to keep my family happy on top of all my guys and all these clients and my YouTube channel and viewers and now a podcast. So I think people just, the ones that don't know how to pump their brakes, that's, sure. uh, that's, that's the ones there I hear for you. surely. Okay. Well, yeah. what is the most important thing you have learned running an outfitter that you maybe didn't know beforehand? Um, I mean, the good thing about having Gerald is that, you know, obviously the learning curve is greatly, greatly accelerated because he had so much experience doing this yeah. in the past. But is there anything you personally that you're kind of like, huh? Like, man, that was, uh, didn't realize I'm really expecting that. I think the biggest thing I've learned is like being on, like, uh, to, to, to be honest, is like the relationship with farmers and landowners. Like, uh, one thing I love now is attacking a field and trying to get permission on it, whether it's not knocking on a door, calling them. Like, when I call them or meet them, I am on my best behavior and I am pulling out all of my best cards, uh, trying to show this man that we run a tight show. We want to make sure that we're providing for you whatever you want. Uh, we The money will be at your door directly after the hunt. No ifs, ands, or buts. Do you want me to mail it to you because of COVID? Uh, there, there's just, I think that is, uh, I, as a human being, doing those interactions have made me a better man every single time I do it this season. Mm -hmm. uh, I've learned a lot of patience that I carry. Uh, a lot of patience, you know, being... Like, for example, how many days have we all been together, you know, like learning patience for, for others. And, and, and it, that's, those are the things that I've, the hunting is hunting, right? Hunting and hunting is hunting. Like, uh, I've ran hunts my, by myself for the last five years, called the shot, set the spread, called, was the only caller at a lot of, 80% of the time. So running a hunt, skill level, that's, that's not shit. Um, having the decoys, the amount that we need, sure. But I think uh, what I'm, what you're, what I'm taking home with me is, is uh, all, all this new, like learning more patience for people in general. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt, being above honest uh, with with farmers and landowners, and and learning, you know, just that how to be a how to be a better gentleman. You know, I think that's a huge part of what I'm learning right now and really loving. Absolutely. All right. So, so um, what's the best hunt that Sand Hill Flyway has experienced this season? Man, it was, uh, we've had probably, we've had some good, really, really good ones. Um, like I said, it's usually only eight shooters. Right. So, you know, we're not, I can tell you one, one particular day, um, it was a sunny south wind day. We did a big dark spread only. Hit everybody in the underneath the tall dive bomb socks, all dark, dark on dark, not a white decoy in there. Uh, used ghillie blankets. And um, that day, we could have shot, if we had people, we could have shot well over 200 lessers for sure. Wow. Like easily, easily, easily. Um, that hunt was, what date was that? I went Nick's group the 22nd, 22nd. Yeah. So December 22nd was our by far best, best hunt. Just 
Was that your, would you say that was also your favorite hunt this season? Or do you have one that was maybe a little, maybe not so insane as far as the birds and, you know, the decoying action, but maybe one that was just your favorite. Maybe you have some sort of emotional attachment to it or something else, kind of like the one with the young girl with the band. Uh, Would you say that hunt in particular was uh, your favorite or would you have one that that you might remember a little bit more? once the season concludes i think uh i think there's two and they're both duck hunts the ones that i'll remember uh preston's place over we call it leon um it's a big watershed and we went and went and hunted it one morning and she was completely capped over and we had to take the argo and bust a big hole and blow it open with an ice heater while we set everything and we had four a-frame stuff full of dudes and uh, we ended up shooting this, what eight men of mallards that day in an ice hole. And that was just, I didn't shoot that day. Or I used Buddy's silencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was the silencer 12-gauge uh, video. And I just ran my dog. And when I get to run Fred like that, and when I don't have to shoot, that's my favorite hunt like that. Because of Fred, uh, because of... Uh, not having to wield a gun, I'm kind of over that. And a lot of, you know, I just, I don't really give a shit about shooting a bird much anymore. I only do it because of the YouTube channel. If it wasn't for the YouTube channel, I'd run a hunt, have a whistle and a call, you know. So um, I've kind of grown into that. I kind of, the thrill of shooting the bird, it's, it's easy now, you know. I, I don't I don't need to do that. Um, I, so I really enjoy just getting to run the hunt. And uh, that icy duck hunt, and then another little timber hunt that we did a uh, eight man on, and it was just wood, stud stud woodies and, and gadwall and, and tons of green heads in this little bitty slough timber slough, and uh, those two are probably my most memorable ones because I do love me some duck hunting. It's, it's really the amount that is around here is so thin that those ones last with me quite a while. Right. How late do you guys run uh, this season? Are y'all uh, have any plans to do anything, chase around the white birds, or is it you guys going to pretty much shut it down after the dark geese? Um, as far as guiding goes, our last day is January 24th, and then everything after that, I go back to my YouTube videos and get to, get to end the season really concentrating on my videos, so It'll be very nice. My, my channel needs it. Um, it really needs my mind back on top of it. So it's, it's perfect timing. I, I have no interest in guiding snow geese. I don't need that money whatsoever. Um, that's way too much work <laughs> uh, for, for, for what you got to do and, and yada yada. But uh, we, I think we're going to give away a turkey hunt like over at the podcast. We're going to give a turkey hunt away for this spring um for two guys you know uh stuff like that but next season we're talking about conservation hunting you know up north and i just i don't i'm not interested in really even running in february i mean if anything i I don't i'm just not that mad at snow geese i'll definitely go go hunt them and when it comes together you know it is a lot of fun but man they just 
they just don't do it for me. I always give Nick a hard time because he loves chasing them. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. you have absolutely lost your ever loving mind. Uh, to go dude, I, I, love, snow goose. I love chasing them here at home because we, we get about a, a 60 mile circle uh, that you can just keep beating the hell out of them. And what I mean, beating the hell, you can take four guys, you can go sit 50 dozen white socks, get out of them or in them with four guys. You can have awesome 20 bird, 30, 40 bird days quite often. And a lot of them are old birds that, you know, are just, there's not much pressure during that, that time of the year. And you just, you, you don't kill them all by no means, but they're fun hunts, you know, um, that's what I love. And, and Kansas during that time, it's dry. Kansas is dry in general. So, like last year going to Arkansas, that was the most miserable three days of, of my hunting experience, to be honest with you. And I have no interest in none whatsoever. I know you Can't, said that you have, uh, you know, some plans for additions to the lodge and, you know, you're going to start running a couple groups of six. Um, what, what else is in store for uh, Sandhill Flyway in the future? Uh, me and Cody were talking about this and Cody was like, Bobby, you got to expand. You got to, you got to, you got to. And I, I kind of, I'm on two different levels of it. It's like right now, let's get the two groups going where it's at out of the same lodge, see how much, you know, that helps or hurts. And then, you know, if everything's, it's obviously, we're always, I'm going to be able to book however many people we need. That's just the, that's the that's the monster that's the nature of the beast right now is because there's a lot of people that want to be here because the youtube channel and so with that being said it's like there's another point another level it's like i really want to build just a big old swinger out there on a piece of property where i want to be Mm -hmm. out east of where we're i want to go east of where we're at in a couple different i have a few different areas i'd like to just throw you know I'm not want to name drop or anything. I, I love Alex Russo, but I I want a facility like Alex. Mm-hmm. You know his his facility is beautiful, and I I want to provide what Flatland does. You know Flatland is amazing. They do an amazing job up there, and and experiencing that with my wife, and we brought you know our knowledge home from them, and and um, Megan up there, his wife, so helpful. She knew best was going to basically be in the same position as her, you know, uh, booking clients, make sure clients are always taken care of in and out at the lodge, da, da, da. And, uh, I think that that would be where this thing will eventually go. If, as long as, um, as long as, you know, I just don't get burned out or something, which I don't see that happening, but next year will really be the test running two groups. So, right. and, and getting away from my house, you know, if there's a lodge 45 minutes an hour east, I can't be there. You know, that that's one thing with those clients you're going to have to understand is I'm not going to be there. I might be there one day that you're there. Uh, but other than that, like, I'm not changing my at-home time with my family, my wife, my marriage. I'm not messing it up for guiding, and that's not going to happen. I don't care what type of money there is in the future for it. Right. So... So with Dive Bomb, we've got our guys, you know, obviously we spend 
so much time on the road, just going from place to place, basically starting mid-August and we'll run through March and, and on a non-COVID year if the borders open even later than that. We've always got personnel in different places. And the main priority of these visits is absolutely to uh, strengthen our relationship with our outfitters and God services. But we thought, man, we're out so much and we get to experience so many different settings. We need to start vlogging this stuff. We need to make people feel like they're there out traveling around with the dive bomb guys. So as we start getting into this, and I'm sure you talked to Cody and Kate and Ryan about it a little bit, what is the best advice that you could give us as we kind of jump into this venture? I mean, it's not, as you know, it's not a make or break deal with dive bomb. Like our, our growth is, is awesome. We're so blessed and we're, we've got a bunch of different stuff going on, but this is just another avenue where we just want to make people feel a part of what we are doing. What's the best advice from somebody that, you know, risked everything to get to the point where you are now that you could give to us? Um, yeah. So the, um, the word blog, when you, when you become a YouTuber and you have to becoming a YouTuber and not just, that's what I had a huge conversation with Cody and and everybody about it. Like you can't, as a brand, it's going to be hard to get in a vlog situation, but the more you wear your heart on your sleeve, the more Asher or whoever holds the camera in front of their face, whips it around. You don't cut that out. I think what I'm getting at is being too professional is not attractive. Right. Uh, So if it's all big camera, big camera uh, footage during the hunt, you know, you did your intro and then it all of a sudden out of nowhere, it slaps back to you sitting in a corner. Now at this point of the hunt, guys, people have been fed that down their throat. We're on a hunt. Like today, Asher is going hunting. You're going to get my experience when you get in the field and the light, you know, it gets above 730 and, and you can actually film with a GoPro. Put that damn GoPro on the bill of your hat, shoot your gun, run your dogs, take the t- take the bird out of your dog's mouth, pet him, give him a treat. Do what people do. People want to see you do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have, they, they, you know, even like Preston, um, his big camera footage, it's just adding another element to something that they already love. Right. And, and that is, what people love is personal, personal, personal experiences. It's not about how high end or something. That's not what it's about. Uh, how flashy or how bright and loud you are. It's about how much can you relate with those people. So as a company, I told you that the best thing that you guys can do is public hunt, public hunt, public hunt. And, and show people, look, our products, you trust me now, I've been on 50 videos, uh, Asher, uh, that we're doing what you guys do. It's not just, um, you know, dive bombs going on another guided hunt with one of their guide services who they support. Right. Uh, because that is not relatable to YouTube viewers. You, 90% of YouTube viewers in duck hunting and waterfowl in general, whether it's whatever waterfowl, are public land walk-in hunters, or they have a little John boat mm-hmm. like that. That is public land rules because there's a lot of people that, for one, can't afford that many decoys, and for two, never have the balls to go ask one farmer for private land. 
that's just not who they are, you know? So, um, so I think just being extra relatable with people, you know, um, think inside the box more as a human, instead of like big grand outside the box, that that's what keep it personal. If you're putting on your waiters and you got something to say, put, set the camera down, put on them waiters, bring them up, clip them while you're talking, then pick up the camera, finish your sentence and then go to the next scene. You know, just doing relatable things like that is the most important. Awesome. Well, we've got a long ways to go and, you know, a heck of a learning curve ahead, but, but we, uh, we greatly appreciate your advice, Bob. I know you're trying to do your job and uh, lock in birds for your clients. So I'm going to let you run, but I appreciate you joining me today, especially on short notice. Uh, we can't well, I, thank you enough for your friendship and your support of Dive Bomb Industries. And man, we're absolutely stoked to uh, to see the success you are seeing in your first season of Sandhill Flyway. And we look forward to watching you guys grow. Well, I can't thank you guys enough because if it wasn't for for you guys, your guys' help, man, it this would have been a lot harder to get off the ground going. I'll tell you right now. So even through the last three years of supporting the channel with with decoys and supporting me and my you guys have supported my journey whether you sponsored a video or whether you threw me another 20 dozen of something like if i if that hadn't happened i would have had to pay for all those products maybe not had the money to do it and might have been up shit creek you know so um your guys' support has been some of the most important support I've had throughout these last three, four years. So I want to thank you. You and Cody are amazing. Absolutely, man. Well, we, we appreciate it. Not only from a business standpoint, but from a friendship standpoint, um, be sure to tell all the boys I said, hello. I look forward to meeting everybody. Eventually you guys keep rocking and rolling, man. And I will talk to you soon. Right on Asher. Have a good one, okay, brother. Bob. See you, Preston. See you later. All right. Bye guys. Bye. All right, there it is, Bobby Guy. Uh, it's a lot of fun kind of hearing the uh, ins and outs of starting a waterfowl outfitter, the ups and downs, the good and the bad. Just a lot of fun. That's a big deal just to jump into something like that, put up a lodge, start running clients. But uh, with the help of a good support team that he's got, they're, uh, they're doing absolutely awesome. Like I said in the beginning, guys, Happy New Year. Lots of big things coming from Dive Bomb Ministries. We greatly, greatly appreciate your support. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.